quite often people ask me, but how do I tell if I get the sense if it's fear or if it's intuition? For some of the most pivotal years of my life, tears were tucked back and hidden behind a masquerade of being tough. Being a warrior, someone who could hustle, work hard, and get things done. But it wasn't until I started to get more in tune with who I really am that things took off in my business. Welcome to I Might Cry, a podcast exploring how heart, mind, body, and spirit are all deeply woven into the way we do business. With guest interviews from experts in business strategy, therapy, emotional intelligence, the human body, and so much more. I'm your host, Elizabeth Marks of Almond Leaf Studios. I've been capturing luxury weddings around the globe for decades and now have the privilege of educating others on how to build and grow profitable business doing what they love. I'm on a journey of self-discovery, of becoming more of the uniquely beautiful, messy, and complex human that I was created to be. And I want to invite you to do the same. Join me on this adventure of uncovering the walls we've built that keep us stuck in patterns of limitation so that we can journey into living life with arms and hearts wide open. Let's venture into this together. Today's guest is somebody who has such a beautiful, unique, interesting perspective on how emotional health can really tie into not just physical health too, but our business health. And so I'm really excited to welcome you, Brooke, today. Thank you so much for being here. Maybe you could just start with like who you are and what you do. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Elizabeth. So I am Brooke Nielsen. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist in Boulder, Colorado. I have a private practice and I specialize in working with highly sensitive people I also work a lot with trauma. And then I have an online community where I support highly sensitive people and learning more about their trait and learning about the gifts and what they thought were the worst parts of themselves. And we do that through coaching and courses and community. Oh, I love that. Let's um, maybe start with that. I know you mentioned there's some like specific traits or characteristics that can help somebody if they're hearing that and they're like, hmm, highly sensitive person. Would I... Could I consider myself that? Like, how would somebody identify themselves? How would they know? As such? Yeah. yeah. Great question. So just for some basics, one in five people are born with this genetic trait. And the scientific term is called sensory processing sensitivity. Like the layman's term is a highly sensitive person. So it's not actually describing a personality, which is what people think when they hear that, like, oh, you must be one of those sensitive people who cry a lot. And actually, it (laughs) it really doesn't have to do with that. Um, It has to do with how you're wired. It has to do with your nervous system. And this can be found in babies as young as four days old. And in, yeah, in up to 100 species. So it's also in animals. And there is this acronym does D-O-E-S that describes the characteristics of the trait. So D stands for depth of processing. So those of us who are highly sensitive, everything that comes our way, we process to a greater degree than non-HSPs. So if that's stimuli, like someone honks their horn right next to me, I'm going to have a bigger reaction to that. If I hear something or see something, it's going to go through more filters in my brain and body, emotionally, mentally. 
So there's this depth of processing. And then because we're processing everything so deeply, the O is overwhelm, we can get overwhelmed more easily and overstimulated. So that is like one of the most common struggles of highly sensitive people is they just say, I'm overwhelmed, I'm overwhelmed, I'm exhausted. Mm. And then the E in does is empathy and emotional intensity. So there's actually a lot of science to it. We seem to have I, I want to say more developed mirror neurons. So basically the parts of us that help us be able to empathize and our emotions tend to be really strong, really intense. And then the S in does is sensitivity to subtlety. So highly sensitive people are picking up on nuance, like, oh, her, her facial expression just changed a little bit or her tone of voice is a little bit different or like, it was my HSP clients when we changed the blinds in my office, like from, I think like a cream to a white there, it was two HSP clients who were like, did you, did you change your blinds? Right. They noticed that <laughs> subtlety. Yeah. Yeah. So those are kind of the, the main characteristics of this the is trait. so fascinating to me. Is Do it? you, you're using like we language. Do you identify as a highly sensitive person? I fully do. So there is a self-test. Anybody who is interested, if they go to hsperson.com, I believe it's slash forward slash test. There's a self-test. You can see if you qualify as an Mm. HSP. And I think there's 24 questions and I answered yes to like 23 or 24 of them. So I'm very much an HSP. That's how I got into it was my own journey and trying to figure myself out. I'm just listening to you and all of that. And I'm like, yep, yep, yep. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, Yay. I know. We might, I might share that title with you. <laughs> yeah, I would love that. I think that quite a few creatives mm-hmm. are highly sensitive. I think yeah. that being highly sensitive, it plays into right. You notice nuance. I'm sure mm-hmm. as a photographer, like you see beauty and you capture yeah. nuance in a ways that other people miss. Yeah, and it's one of the gifts, I feel like, as yes. I am on a, at a wedding day, like I can notice when like somebody's holding a little bit of tension in their shoulders, or I can notice when somebody walks in the room and like something shifted a little bit and I'm like, "Mm, okay, we're going to have to get them away from that person to get them relaxed. Like, you know, just reading that energy and that, that vibe of what's happening all throughout a wedding day. I think it actually makes me highly skilled at what I do because people hire me for the pretty product, like the end result. But what they don't realize is that one of the things that really makes me unique is the ability to to help walk into a situation and like diffuse any stress or diffuse any, you know, I I mean, I think it's a gift as an Enneagram nine too. I think that those two things probably go hand in hand. And yeah, that's really fascinating to me that that could be part of, of course, have I known I've been hardwired this way from, from birth. I can remember though, that the more challenging sides of that being taught and maybe not even verbally hearing it, but subconsciously learning and and feeling like I received the message that you're too much, you're too sensitive, you feel too deeply, just chill, relax. Like you don't need to make it such a big deal. Yeah. You feel that you just named, (laughs) you just named my experience too. And you just so beautifully encapsulated, like kind of my message in working with HSPs, which is there are struggles that come with it. One is, right, we can get overwhelmed. Our life can feel so intense because Mm -hmm. we feel really deeply. Then secondly, 
pretty much every HSP who finds their way to me has some degree of shame Mm. because the culture, their families, their communities have told them in subtle ways often, you're too much, but we pick up subtle. Yeah. You're too much. Why are you crying? Get over it. This isn't a big deal. All Mm. of that stuff. So quite often by the time we get to adults, HSPs are carrying some degree of something is wrong with me. Am I broken? I feel weird. I don't fit. I'm too much. I better dial it down. Mm -hmm. And then the thing is, this trait is actually neutral. It's like having brown eyes. Like it just is. It's not good. It's not bad. It just brings struggles and strengths with it. And and I think that's something that I work with a lot with people and myself is like, oh my gosh, there's so many gifts to this. Mm. And you just named a few, like real superpowers. Yeah. Like I wonder how many photographers have that ability that you do to diffuse the tension, to notice, oh, let's get this person out of this scene. And then the person I'm shooting is going to chill. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. David has been like, sometimes when you have like consultations with potential clients, he's like starting to joke about me being like the yogi of (laughs) wedding photographers. (laughs) And I'm like, that's not everybody's cup of tea. But I mean, it is true. Like I, there are times where I can notice that it really is such subtle things. Like it can be like a little bit of a tension in their jaw or, you know, shoulders are feeling a little bit raised or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so I can kind of say like, Hey, let's take a minute. I want you to take a deep breath. Just let the day go. Let any stress Mm -hmm. that's happening today, let's just let it go. And, and you do, you can physically watch it change. And I think that a lot of brides especially are drawn to my work because they see this relaxed, confident, comfortable person Mm -hmm. on the other side of the camera and they want to be that too. And so it's really, yeah, it's interesting. It's fascinating to me to, to recognize that that is kind of a superpower. And that same trait that, you know, I've talked a little bit before on this podcast, even uh, about how for like a whole chunk of my life, I basically suppressed all mm. of that like emotional tenderness. And I recently had, uh, I have a therapist that I was working with and, and she said, you know, you have this like emotional accessibility, like you're really, you're able to access your emotions very easily. And I thought that was such a compliment. (laughs) I was like, yes, I've worked really hard to like get to that place where I can. And I I don't feel like I have to hide that. Even not saying that, you know, like I feel like tears are right behind my eyes because for so many years I did, I felt like I had to hide it. I felt like I had to suppress it and shove it under a rug and be strong and brave and you know, being strong and brave equals don't be emotional. Don't be so sensitive. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, thank you for I, the work I, that you're doing. Oh, thank you. I've noticed that about you and have admired it because I sometimes don't find emotions easily accessible, maybe from just conditioning of compartmentalizing. Mm-hmm. I find yeah. it so beautiful. And I think there's a big cultural piece there, right? And that's some another piece of research. By the way, I want to mention this trait has been, there's thousands of research studies now done on it. So it's it's legit. But one thing that some Rachel has shown, it has shown is that it's very cultural how this mm. is seen. And you're describing American culture, yes. right? Is And I'm sure it's similar to many others, but that we associate strength with like stoicism, Mm-hmm. And being zipped up and don't show it, and like that, it's not professional or it's not all these shaming yeah. things. And I really think we need a cultural revamp as far mm-hmm. as how we're 
we view emotion. And I honestly think people like you who are able to allow their emotion to just flow out, you're part of the revolution Mm. because you're setting an example for people of like, look it, it's okay. And I'm going to own this. Mm -hmm. And I know from experience, like people will be like, ah, kind of like you as a photographer, it's like, ah, okay. If she's like that, I can do that too. Like it's safe. That's beautiful. Thank you. It's quite a compliment. I think that really is a testament to the healing work, right? Like you cannot get comfortable with being seen or known, especially in your, I think emotions tend to be vulnerable. You know, it's showing your vulnerability because when you're not feeling comfortable or safe in a space and you're not going to be able to access that, you're, you really do have a wall that kind of goes up to protect you. It's self-preservation. It's just instinctual. And I think to be able to walk into a space or a setting and be able to be vulnerable in that way and allow your full expression of whatever it is that you're feeling be seen or known, you have to do some really deep work of like, hey, I it's okay if people don't like this. And it's okay if I, like, I'm not a pretty crier, (laughs) you know? And and like, it's okay if I just let that be seen and known and, you know, like snot's going everywhere and it's not, (laughs) it's not cute, but it's just me. And, and to be able to like learn more and more to be comfortable with that has been such a journey that I've been on and certainly have done a Mm. lot of work in, but have a lot more work to do still too. Mm. And yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's a beautiful Beautiful nod to what I would love to see. I would love to see our culture shift into more of a, a flow, you know, more of like less of the kind of buttoned up stiff energy and more like, let's just let things come and go and come with ease. And yeah, I don't know. I'm so, so with you there. And you just touched on something that I think is part of what we're going to get into today, which is, you know, that safety around emotions. So a lot of us with big feelings, whether explicitly or more implicit or covertly, we were given these messages of your feelings are too much. Or sometimes, you know, people who are in abusive situations, like they literally may have been verbally, physically abused when they showed emotion. Mm -hmm. It's like we hold that in our body and it at deep, deep level, it's going to shut that emotion down for self-protection, right? And so when I was 10, that may have been a really, really good move for me. But then as an adult, it's like, it really may now be hurting me, holding me back. But the young part of me doesn't understand that. Mm-hmm. And so what you just described of like doing that work to dismantle that, it then affects you everywhere, right? Because not just in your personal relationships, now here in your business, you're showing up and you're allowing that. Like what a yeah. perfect example of some of these deep beliefs, they affect us in all aspects of life, Mm. positive and negative. Oh, I love that. I want to go deeper with that. Like, let's talk a little bit more about, you know, emotional. I've noticed a huge change in myself and my business. And I had no idea that to pursue the entrepreneurial growth and the journey that I'm on in the way that I have would require so much internal work of myself. I think we're so good at feeling like we can compartmentalize and separate those things and segregate really like this is the business me and this is the everything else me, you know, like, or the emotional me or, you know, whatever it might be. And so I think that it's been a, 
it's been a wild ride <laughs> over the last year, especially for me personally, where I've learning like, hey, to pursue the business growth that I want to requires me to get really real and honest about some of the the pain that I have from the past, some of the things that I hold, not just physically or emotionally, but also like mentally, spiritually, like every, it's yeah. all so wrapped up and intertwined. And so I can't pursue business growth or progress without pursuing growth and progress in all of those areas. So is there a correlation between doing personal inner healing work? When I say that, I mean like digging into, you know, pain and wounds of the past, like healing some of those areas of our lives that feel a little tender and the business growth. Is that a, is that a thing? Are they linked? How does that all work? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Such a good question. And such an important thing to explore. And I really feel like you're doing a service to your listeners because most of us go into business not realizing that. And I think we don't realize how connected they are until we bump into ourselves in business. And it's like, oh my gosh, how (laughs) how am I dealing with this in terms of my email lists? Like, why are these connected? But they are. And I, I think just because we're human and not machines, you know, if we were like a computer, okay, I put this stuff, my insecurity and my childhood pain in this file, in this folder. And now I'm working over from this folder. And so they're divided. But as humans, you know, we are holistic beings and really we are meant to work. All our parts are meant to work together. And compartmentalizing is something that I think most people in this culture are really good at because we all are juggling so many things. And there are times where, you know, if I have to go into a meeting, okay, I need to put aside the argument I had with my husband and the feelings I'm having about that just so I can function how I want to. Mm-hmm. And that's not bad. I think that's just being an adult. What happens is when we get so compartmentalized that we really have shut down certain parts of us and we either don't let them out or we only let them out, you know, one hour a year it actually creates really unhealthy dynamics. And I think we're going to see that in our business where certain things won't flow, certain Mm -hmm. things won't work. We'll notice these scarcity mindsets or these places where I am just, I keep hitting a wall or I want to grow in this area and I can't. Mm -hmm. And I think quite often when we look underneath that, what is underneath this place where where I feel really stuck Oftentimes it's not, well, I need more business strategy. <laughs> I need to take another course. Occasionally it is, but quite often I think it's, oh my gosh, there's my stuff. I actually feel like it's unsafe to be visible. Mm. There's a part of me that feels like it's unsafe to be visible. And so that part of me is blocking this visibility that I'm trying to get because it's trying to protect me. Totally. This is resonating so much. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And just to give another example, like, or, you know, deep down, I, I feel unworthy deep down. I feel shameful or broken. Well, that part of me that even though I'm not aware that that part of me is there on a day-to-day basis, it's operating in the background, right? It's like a system that's open and operating in the background. And so it's going to create dynamics in my life that reflect that belief. Mm -hmm. If a part of me believes I'm unworthy, well, then it's going to sabotage opportunities that only a worthy person would have. 
Wow. Yeah. Does that make sense? Totally. Totally. And I think I've heard you talk before about this like physical thing that happens with like what's going on in your body that your body can kind of hold things from a from like a, let's say that something you've experienced some kind of trauma, or even if it was, you know, just something subtle, like me picking up on the message that I feel too deeply or I'm too sensitive or whatever, even if that wasn't spoken to me and it wasn't a traumatic event, like holding on to that, how does that carry out in business physically? Yeah, that's a great question. So trying to think, I have a lot of thoughts. So here's something that I talk about a lot that most people don't know. And I certainly didn't know, even when I first became a therapist, I didn't know this. I was very much in my head. That's where I was comfortable. I heard once the saying of like, you know, your, your body's the thing that carries your head around. And I really, it was said in a funnier way, but I like related to that of like, yeah, like, I don't know what my body's really here for. Like, it's really all about my brain. And what I learned is actually our bodies hold our emotion. So it's, it's kind of like, if you think about this idea of emotion, like what is it exactly? And where is it? Like, where does that emotion, if I'm feeling sad, where is it? And the thing is, I'm sure there's pieces lit up in our brain, but it's also, you're also going to feel it in your body. Like, Mm. I don't know about you, but when I feel sad, I might feel like a tension in my throat or like my heart may literally hurt. Mm -hmm. And so basically our body is what is holding our emotion, our undealt with hardship or trauma. And so to move to, to be able to heal our businesses and uncover some of this stuff, we actually do need to go to our bodies and go, what am I holding? What needs to be felt? What needs to be uncovered? It's like the body is holding the key to the success, freedom, healing we're looking for. Mm-hmm. Does that does that speak to your question in kind of a roundabout way? Totally. I think I heard you, t- I can't remember the term that you you used, but you were talking about it in one of the other calls that we've done together where you kind of mapped out like something that actually physically happens in your brain where it connects. Yes. You know what the I'm schema. talking about? Okay. Yes. I was like, I don't even remember the word you yes. used. But... I think schema. I yes, think it was totally talking about. Yes. yes. Yeah. And schema is an interesting thing. It's brain and body. So basically there's this idea of schema and schema, schema are belief, beliefs that we have about ourselves in the world. So basically we are, humans are so intelligent we don't just walk from one situation to the next, like little new fresh babies, like, <laughs> oh, I'm going to the grocery store. I don't know what that means or is or will entail. Like we have ideas about what it means to go to the grocery store, what it means to have a friendship, what it means to send an email, what it means to see a dog. We have all of these ideas, these schema that we create over time as we experience the world. And it helps us make sense of the world. Does that make sense so far? Yes, totally. Okay. So we are meaning-making machines, basically. And so as we are growing up, we are making sense of our world by creating these schema. And so one main schema that we 
develop is around relationships, what it means to be in a relationship. And if you are lucky enough to have parents who are, you know, accessible, available, emotionally safe, present, then you're going to develop this schema that, wow, relationships are safe. It's safe to get close to people. It's safe to be vulnerable. If you're like a lot of us, you know, your relationship with your parents is going to be more complex. Maybe sometimes it's safe and sometimes it's not safe. Maybe sometimes they're available and kind. And maybe sometimes they seem really annoyed by your big emotions, or maybe they yell at you, or maybe they're just really overwhelmed themselves and not very available. So I'm going to come out of that with a schema that, you know, relationships, I, I, I like them sometimes, but I feel a little bit ambivalent about it because sometimes they're not safe. Sometimes they scare me. Mm-hmm. So we take this schema that we develop often in childhood, we take them into adulthood. So as an adult, unless I've done some therapy to dismantle and explore those schema, I'm going to have that same belief system around relationships, around my worth, around pretty much everything. Like it just continues. That belief system is right there. So then when I go into romantic relationships, I'm going to have that, wow, I really like relationships, but I also don't fully trust it. And sometimes I think they can hurt. And so I'm a little wary of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it just, it translates. Totally. And I could see how that carries out in not just relationally, but like your, I guess it's still a relationship, but your relationship with money, even, you know, like you may prevent your own growth because if you have a belief and the schema that exists within you that is communicating to yourself, it's, it's like a conditioned pattern is the way that I'm interpreting it. That it's like this conditioned awareness that like, well, I'm not worth that, or we don't, we are the kind of people that don't afford that, you know, or we don't have that kind of success easily because it has to be hard or, you know, whatever that pattern may be that, yeah, that, that schema, I just think that the concept of schema is so fascinating to me (laughs) that it's like a physical presence of these like beliefs that are formed within us. It's just so fascinating. And, you know, everybody who, you know, what you were just speaking about, about, about money, I think most people have triggers or issues around money. It's just really charged. It's really complex. Mm-hmm. And especially, you know, business owners, this is something they're dealing with a lot. Like, I wonder if it would be interesting for us to break down how, how a schema could go from the yeah, past let's do it. present with money. That sounds great. Okay. Are you game to I be? I feel like, I know. I'm like, I feel like I'm going to be. The... <laughs> yeah, let's do it. I'm Are game. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I think it'll be really fascinating. Totally. I don't know if this is helpful, but I had just a couple of days ago, I turned on some Facebook ads for a training coming up. And immediately when I turned it on, I had this physical, like I started feeling anxious in my chest and I was like, whoa, there's something there. I clearly have some kind of belief or something around this, like that is, it's like the awareness that like something's up need to go there, came to me. So I don't know if that's a good place to start. We can start with yes. that or we can dive in, in a different way. Don't that's need to hijack perfect. your story. <laughs> that's, let's go with that. That's perfect. And one thing I love that you did was you already noticed your body. Mm-hmm. Like that's actually something that takes a lot of people, people, a lot of um, growth to be able to do is to yeah. go, oh my gosh, I feel it in my body. So you notice this feeling in your chest. Can you Mm -hmm. remember it? Like, can you bring it up right now? This feeling? What's it like? 
it's almost like a, I mean, I don't know if I've ever truly had heartburn, but it's what I imagine heartburn to feel like. Like it's literally like around the center of my chest and it's like a, almost like a slight burning sensation. Like Mm. things feel tight and like uncomfortable and acidic. Mm, Great. Okay. I'm just writing that down. And if you think back to, you know, okay, you turned on your Facebook ads, was it like the switching it on, like the putting it out into the world that was, it felt kind of like that trigger? Totally. Which I also will say it's taken me a long time to have awareness in the moment that typically I, I realize it later. And then I'm trying to like backtrack and figure out where it happened. But this was a particular moment where I actually was able to recognize it like as it happened or minutes later where I was like, whoa, what just happened? I was feeling really peaceful today. Things were feeling really good and relaxed. And then all of a sudden something switched, like what is going on? And I was able to go, I think it's when I switched that on. It's like putting stuff out into the world felt really vulnerable. Yes. Well, first of all, let me just validate. It is vulnerable. Yeah. <laughs> like That's a vulnerable thing to do, period. True. True. <laughs> and then now we can go to kind of like the schema around vulnerability. So mm. I'm wondering for you, when you think back, whether, you know, in younger adulthood, in childhood, being exposed, being seen, mm. being vulnerable, has that ever not gone well? Hmm. That's a good question. Um, my mind goes immediately to two different places. One of them being like a younger child and kind of, I don't have a specific memory, but it's like, I have a, some kind of, uh, awareness that at some point I like intentionally chose to withdraw and to like hide. And then it was like, simultaneously, I like saw that, but then I also saw when I first started my business, I don't think I've ever shared this publicly either. So here we go. (laughs) Um, When I first started my business, I was single and was traveling the world. I was working with different NGOs all over the world. Really uh, started wedding photography as a way to fund and support that. And I felt really passionate about all of that kind of justice side of me and this huge part of my heart and who I am and felt really proud that like I'm able to serve the world in this way and work with like clean water and, you know, charity water and human trafficking and orphanages. And, and to provide this service, I felt really proud of that and really like had this mission where I felt excited about that. And then somewhere along the way, it started to shift more towards just wedding work. And I think there was a piece of me that maybe got a little lost in there and then also enter into the picture, my husband, David, he had been married before and I had a very conservative community, I think is is the best way to say it. Like there was just a community around me that really didn't know how to take that. And so I got really private with everything, like super private with everything business related. Everything became very business. I didn't talk about my relationship with him. I didn't publicly like acknowledge that. You know, I, I was very, very, very cautious with all of it. And I think it was from fear of being judged or I had, I mean, I had some people sit me down and basically say like, Hey, what are you doing? Like he's been married before. Like you can't, this is not okay. This is not healthy. Like we're scared for you basically. (laughs) And I was kind of like, Nope, like I know this is right. And this is really good. And it's still one of the best decisions I ever made. But I, I think, yeah, somewhere in that journey, everything shifted with like how I felt comfortable to share publicly 
what's yeah. going on personally and and maybe had even leaned on the side of oversharing at that point. But now for sure lean on the side of like, this is our family and we keep it yeah. in, in here. You know, we like close in, don't share. Yeah. Oh my gosh. These are such beautiful examples. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. First of all. So I just want to check in with you before I kind of go on. How does it feel? Cause that's vulnerable. Yeah. It feels, it's like that same feeling of like turning on the Facebook ads. That yeah. same feeling is like right there in the present again. Yeah. yeah. And maybe even just put your hand there yeah. and just kind of take a breath. Just, just kind of giving yourself a little bit of care of like, it is okay. Yeah. It is okay that you just shared that and maybe even letting yourself kind of check in, you know, does Brooke feel safe? Like, does it feel mm-hmm. like she's going to judge me there? Or do, you know, just mm-hmm. even letting yourself kind of check that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I want to say, I just, I know that so many people listening will be able to relate. I can certainly relate. And I think these examples of you being you, you, you know, especially with your husband, like, you being you, you loving who you love and you getting this response of fear and shame from your community. And none of us, none of us are immune to being affected by that. Like we, we are social creatures and to have our tribe, our community be like, Mm-mm, shaking their head at us, especially around something so tender and so vulnerable as your love, that can be utterly crushing. And yeah. you did what I relate to, and I think so many highly sensitive people especially will relate to, which is kind of turtle shell. Mm-hmm. Like, let me withdraw so that this vulnerability isn't exposed. Mm. And in this example, you know, whether it worked or not, the withdrawal was an attempt to create some safety. Mm-hmm. I, I wonder, like, I'm just putting myself in your shoes. I'm thinking I might have felt like if I don't expose myself, expose these parts of me that other people see as shameful, then I don't have to get criticized or doubted or questioned. Totally. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So there's that schema that I can see that probably started earlier. And you mentioned that memory of being a little girl. That schema around if you mm, hide, I guess to put it really simply, if I mm-hmm. if I stay hidden, if people can't see me, I'm safe. Yeah. I'm safe. And I think that might even tie into the nine piece a little bit. Don't totally. <laughs> stay behind the curtain. Yeah. Don't be loud. Don't attract criticism. And so no wonder mm-hmm. when with your Facebook ad, you're putting yourself out there here I am. Here's my business. It's you, right? Mm -hmm. You're putting yourself out there loud and proud to strangers, no less. Yeah. No wonder that part of you, Hmm. I'm I'm guessing is going, what the hell are you doing? This is not how to keep us safe. Yeah. This is so powerful and so beautiful. I was journaling this morning and as I was journaling, I was like, there's, I even wrote down, there's some part of me that feels like I'm supposed to turn those ads off. And I was like, whoa. Okay. Like I literally almost dropped my journal and like turned them off. And I was like, okay, let me explore this a little more. Like, and so I even started writing, like, is this, is it because it's truly not aligned? Because I really have 
been able to lean into operating my business from a place of intuition, which mm. has been such an incredible gift. Cool. Like it's just been amazing yeah. to start to do that and to, to even have that. I don't know what, how to, what verbiage I want to use around it, but like, I want to say like intuition awareness, (laughs) like, I don't know how to also describe it, but being able to even like tap into that intuition within me. And like, and again, maybe this is, you know, Enneagram nine, like gut centered, like Mm -hmm. I operate from my kind of gut or intuition Mm -hmm. or, you know, whatever. And so I, I really had to check this morning and go, is that intuition or Mm -hmm. is that, but even that I wrote down some part of me, I was like, hold on. (laughs) <laughs> and so as I processed it out, I was like, I don't, I, I don't think I'm supposed to. I think, I think it's just, there's some part of me that's telling me I should. And I don't, I, it's, it's fear. It's coming from fear. And so I even wrote down like it's fear and I need to trust and need to lean into it. But that's as far as I got. So this is really beautiful to understand the Whoa. connection and like where it's coming from is amazing. I want to highlight what you did there because that is a question I get all the time, which is, I don't even think I said in my bio, my online company is called Intuitive Warrior. Hmm. Intuition is another massive gift of highly sensitive people. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so quite often people ask me, but how do I tell if I get the sense if it's fear or if it's intuition? And you Hmm. just gave such a beautiful example of that. And I honestly, what I usually say is check what your body feels like. Mm especially if you're used to operating from intuition, you know what your gut sense feels like. Totally. Right? Like mine has kind of a warmth in my chest. I literally feel my gut. Yeah. Um, It's kind of an expansive feeling. Mm -hmm. Whereas when it's fear, there's usually some kind of contraction. Yes. Tension. Totally. Yes. And so you were able to identify, okay, this is fear. And even though that didn't, that wasn't it, like there's more to go that is so helpful because then you go, okay, well now I need to explore this fear rather than I just need to listen to it. Yeah. Yeah. So do you want to, I guess I'll, I'll ask you because we could, we could go many directions here. Do you, do you, <laughs> do you want to explore that little bit or do you want more of kind of a high level of like where? No, let's do it. Okay. Let's go there. <laughs> okay. Cool. If this whole podcast is about me showing up authentically <laughs> and being you a place cry. of healing, I might cry. <laughs> Here we go. Perfect. Awesome. I'm interrupting this episode briefly to invite you to join me for my digital at-home workshop to help you uncover limiting beliefs that hold you back from achieving your dreams. To access it, go to almondleafstudios.com forward slash limiting beliefs. Light a candle, grab a pen, get cozy with the printable workbook and a 40-minute workshop that will help invite you to take a look at the ways that your subconscious beliefs might be hindering the goals you have in your business. Again, go to almondleafstudios.com forward slash limiting beliefs to get your free access today. Now, back to the show. So can you find still that part of you that is like, I feel like I should turn this off. Mm -hmm. You can find that. Okay. All right. Yeah. And some people do this eyes open, some eyes closed. So you do what's going to be easiest for you. So I just want you to imagine saying hi to that part of you. You can just kind of in your imagination, imagine saying hi to that part of you, like just acknowledging it, greeting it. And Ask that part of you if it, she is willing to talk and just let her know that you're just curious. This is like, we're just having a conversation. 
no agenda. Yeah. Great. And can you ask her, does it feel more like an it or a her or a him? Yeah, I think a her. Okay. Can you ask that part of you, whether she has a, a sense of whether she's a, a hurting part of you, a wounded part of you, or whether she's more of like kind of a protector or part of you that's trying to manage things? Hmm. Uh, the first word that popped in my brain was scared. Scared. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So is it possible that she's a part of you who's been hurt before, who knows what it's like to be too exposed or to be hurt? Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. And I'm wondering if we can validate her and like just acknowledge that that's real, right? That you have, you've had maybe many circumstances where it hasn't been safe to be fully you and be fully exposed. And so this reaction she has is logical Mm -hmm. and it's understandable. So I just want you to notice as you let her hear that, how that part of you responds. She may just be neutral or she may have kind of a response to that. Yeah, there was a specific memory that came up and then I felt like a warming starting to like, like a little bit of a release happen physically. Cool. Is that memory something you could share or even just the outlines of the memory? Yeah, it's actually a pretty recent event with my mom. My parents are very conservative Christian and we were raised that way. And there's been some concern around how we are raising our kids. And I think there's a deep, uh, I I felt a bit attacked in that, um, in that moment. And very much like if I don't give her the answers that she's looking for, even if they don't feel aligned and completely Mm -hmm. true to me, that it almost felt like I was at risk of losing her love. Yeah. And so right. I felt very cornered in the conversation. Um, it felt very, and I felt like I needed to hide. I like, I, yes. I couldn't dare be as honest as I wanted to be. Yes. Yeah. So validate that part of you again. There we go. Even in the last couple of weeks, yeah. there are still places in your life where it doesn't feel safe to just be authentically you. Mm. Uh-huh. Okay. And I'm wondering, Elizabeth, if you can find a part of you, the part of you that is your oldest, wisest self. Mm. This is the kick-ass photographer, mom, businesswoman, podcast (laughs) host, deep feeler who's done a ton of work. Can you find that part of you? Yeah. Okay. All right. So I'd love you to bring that part of you. Imagine that part of you coming to the scared part (laughs) and maybe taking her hands or pulling her into your arms or just looking at her with love. (laughs) And I wonder, what do you know that she doesn't? What What does she need to hear from you? What is she scared of that maybe you have some lived wisdom about? I just keep hearing the words like light and carefree. Yeah. It's like a four-year-old version of me, I think. Yeah. Where I just keep seeing her like frolicking in the sunshine and like just twirling. Yeah. 
Oh, that's so beautiful. And that's a real, that's a, that's the core part of you. Yeah. That's a core part of you. And you love that part of you. I can see you cherish that part of you just like you do with your kids. Yeah. Can you let this scared part know that you cherish that part of you, that part of her, that this part of you is beautiful to you? Yeah. Let her know that you accept you, that you accept her, Mm -hmm. that all parts of you are acceptable in your eyes. Does that feel true to you? The I think old. so. I think there's a little hesitation and I don't know where it's coming from, but. Great noticing. Great noticing. All right. And where do you notice that little hesitation? Like physically, can you feel it somewhere or is it more in your mind? Yeah, actually, I think it was my mind. But when you said that, I, I noticed it almost in my right shoulder. Yeah. Okay. So just feel that. Just notice it. Hmm. And maybe ask that little hesitation in your right shoulder like what what's it hesitant about what's that part of you hesitant about about and the question was do you accept this core part of you Hmm. I don't know if I'm getting it too much in my mind but what's coming to mind is the um the need to have all the answers Hmm. spiritually that being raised in a a family Mm. where you have to have the answers, you have to be able to prove what you know Mm. to be true. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. Still shedding that and allowing. Yes. Yes. So tell me if this is right. It sounds like this core, this, this oldest, wisest part of you is still in the process of fully embracing and accepting you Mm. and your truth and your knowing whether or not it's validated and justified Mm -hmm. that maybe you are still stepping into that with yourself. Yeah. You're almost there, but not a hundred percent. Totally. Yeah. It's a worthiness issue for sure. Worthiness issue. Okay. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like it's something that you're working on. Like you're in process. But you know what's cool is that I just saw that like four-year-old version of me and like she didn't doubt it that she was worthy. Oh, that's so cool. Yes, she knew. Mm -hmm. She knew. And so you're you're just in a process of returning to her, to the place where you trust it. Yeah. So feel that in your body. You're returning to a place where you trust it because there's a part of you who totally trusts it. So... What I'd love you to try now is go back to that scared part, the part that's going, we can't turn on the ads and let her know from this oldest, wisest part of you that actually a part of you already does trust yourself Mm. and that you're in the process of getting there too. You're in the process of learning to really trust that inherent part of you. Mm. So let's just see as she, as that scared part hears you say that. Let's see how she responds. I keep just hearing like, but what if? And then yeah. <laughs> there's no, yeah. nothing but that's coming if? after that. Yeah. yeah. That's it. That's it. And that makes sense, right? Because the scared part is like, but what if it doesn't go well? What if mm-hmm. something bad happens? What if, you know, I get the what ifs. So mm-hmm. just validate that and say to her, yep. Yeah, because a lot of what ifs has happened to you. Yeah. 
So what I'm going to suggest is that the oldest, wisest part of you, can you still, can you still feel her, that mm-hmm. part of you? Okay. Mm-hmm. What do you think that this scared part needs to feel safe with the what ifs? Hmm. And I'll give you some examples. What does she need to know? So it could be something she needs to know, like support she will have or to know you have her back or to know it will be okay. And or what boundaries might she need in place? What protections mm. might she need to oh, feel love safe? that? <laughs> okay. <laughs> to feel safe regardless of the what ifs. Yeah. So when I first saw the two interact and you said maybe they take her hand, I already had seen that like older, wiser, like literally just run up to her and like almost pummel her with a huge hug, like a bear hug. (laughs) Um, It was really beautiful. And so, yeah, I saw that happen again and that she just needs to know that she is worthy and she is loved. And then with the, you know, boundaries and protection, like being able to not moderate the comments on Facebook ads, you know, and being able to have some really clear boundaries. Uh, And I think this probably ties in so beautifully with all the highly sensitive aspects that we've been talking about, but I've recognized from early on, like every time I, I make progress forward, it feels like you're not going to please everybody. And Mm being somebody that is sensitive when when there is somebody that is unhappy, mm-hmm. even if 99.9% are, and they're thrilled mm-hmm. and they're sending me crazy messages about how I've changed their life with my course, yeah. <laughs> I still hear the one that wasn't, you know? And so I think maybe having some boundaries around helping, letting some of my team help manage yeah. that instead of me would be really incredible. Oh my gosh, this is brilliant. I mean, look at this oldest, wisest you is so wise. So let's bring that to this part. And then, yeah. Okay. So I'm going to have you bring to her the scared part. Just kind of let her know again, you are so worthy. You are so loved. Mm. And let her know that you're not going anywhere. That this hug, she can have it from here on out if she would like. Mm. You're here with her. She's not alone. Mm-hmm. Tell me when she's taken that in. Yeah. And then let her know that she doesn't have to read the Facebook comments. That mm-hmm. doesn't have to be her job. That she mm-hmm. can go play and feel carefree and your team is going to take care of it. Mm-hmm. And when you need to get involved, the oldest, wisest you can be the gatekeeper. Mm-hmm. And this part doesn't have to have anything to do with that. You maybe even bring in a gate or something just to represent to her. Like she is, she's protected from that. Mm. And just notice whether she can take that in, whether that makes sense to her and how that feels. Yeah. It's like, I almost see her like being excited, but shy about it. (laughs) Like cautious still. Yeah, totally. And, And that's so okay, right? This is new. So of course she doesn't trust it yet. So just let her know that you're going to bring it anyway, and she can watch and see. Mm -hmm. She can watch and see. How does it go? So before you come back, just ask her if there's anything that she needs from you or that she needs to say before you come back, even though a part of you is going to stay there hugging her, but you're going to kind of start opening your eyes. Or if she feels complete. Yeah, nothing's coming up. 
Great. All right. So as you're ready, you can just start slowly coming back and looking around the room, just getting your bearings. So now you just get to the adult you gets to implement those boundaries Mm. and you get to see how does it go. So you'll have to share with me uh, what you notice if that helps. Yes. Oh my gosh. So amazing. Thank you. <laughs> You're so welcome. What a gift you have. Oh, yes. Thanks for going there with me. I yeah. mean, I just can see all the work that you've done. You're just so mm. ready and open mm. for that. People can't always get to the scared part that easily. So mm. that's yeah. your work. Yeah. It's been a, it's been a journey. <laughs> so as you're kind of getting your bearings, let me recap for the listeners what just happened. Like, what did we just do there? Yeah, yeah. So essentially that scared part of you was that schema. It was that part of you that has experienced over and over this truth for you that it's not safe to be exposed. It's not safe to be seen. It's not safe to be fully myself. And it was just trying its darndest to protect you and to stay safe. And so what we did in that process was we actually went, we talked to it, we brought in your oldest, wisest self that actually has some skills now and some some tools you didn't have when you were little that let you protect yourself. When we're 10, we don't have the capacity to go, I'm setting these boundaries, but now you do. And so when you brought this kind of updated, hey, now we can set these boundaries. Now I can give you the love that maybe other people weren't giving you. Mm. Um, That lets the schema relax a little bit. Mm. And so you'll have to see and report back. And we can always always do a second one if, if there's kind of more. But what happens for most people is that schema will start to change and will start to go, Oh, maybe now it is actually safe to be exposed. It is mm-hmm. safe to show the real me. Yeah. And then we start walking with a new schema, not just in our relationships, but in our business too. Yeah. Oh, I love that so much. I'm so excited and so grateful for you. <laughs> yeah, my pleasure. <laughs> oh, what a gift. I hope that for everyone listening, that was helpful for you as well. And that maybe you can do an exercise like that on your own. Is that something that you find, Brooke, that people can do on their own or do you feel like they need to do it with like guidance from somebody like yourself? A really good question. I would say for the people listening to just really trust yourself, like get, get in touch with yourself. And if you have this sense of, you know what, there's some really deep, painful stuff there. And even a fear of like, Oh, I don't want to touch that. Then you don't need to go find an amazing, I would suggest a therapist mm-hmm. um, who does trauma work. Because this really trauma work is just the deep stuff. It's dealing with deep schema and and, and healing deep beliefs. Mm-hmm. They're going to really help you walk through that. So that's, if you feel like there's a lot of those to work through, a lot of stuff there, definitely I'd recommend a therapist that, that works with trauma. If you feel like, you know, I just have this part of me that just, it, I keep getting nervous. It's not everywhere in my life. It's just this one little place. You know, you could do what we did, which is you could write a letter to yourself. You could close your eyes and talk to yourself. And I find it kind of natural. Like, was it kind of easy to talk yeah, to that it's part of you? surprising. Like, I feel like it's you kind of imagine it's going to be really weird, <laughs> but then there's just, I think not overthinking it. Like, I think yeah. I do have like a very critical, like 
judge part of me too that wants to like run everything through some filters. And so I've had to learn to just say whatever first comes to mind, not overthink it, not like, you know, let it develop to something else, but just the first thing, like the first thought that comes to mind, just speak it. That's it. Yeah, exactly. Just let it kind of bubble up and then trust Mm. what you hear. And you can even write back and forth to yourself. I'll do that sometimes, you know, okay, the scared part of me, I'll Mm. ask her a question. What she says, I write down. Then I ask another question. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you can absolutely do this on your own. So just trust yourself. You know, if it feels doable, then do it. If it's not doable, there's your signal that you could use some guidance. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's beautifully said, beautifully worded. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for doing this. It was such a gift to me too. I feel like I need to like go dance out some. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It was so um, beautiful and wonderful. And I'm just so, so grateful for you and the knowledge and the beauty and the healing that you're bringing to the world. I mean, I've just can like see it radiating from you and have from the moment that we first connected. And so I'm just so grateful that you show up and offer your, your personhood, your expertise, your perspective to the world. So thank you. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. My, I'm really passionate about supporting healing for highly sensitive people. So I'm here if this resonates for people this is what I'm doing. Yeah. Perfect. Where can people find you if they do want some support from you? Yeah. My site is intuitivewarriorway.com. That's probably the best place to find support. I've got a free survival toolkit for highly sensitive people. I've got a free training that I'm working on right now. That's going to come out pretty soon on boundaries. Uh, and then I'm not super active on Instagram, trying to get better at that, but I'm at, <laughs> um, at the HSP therapist. Awesome. I think I'm going to be downloading some of those resources right when we get off of here. (laughs) You will find me in your funnels. (laughs) Awesome. Thanks so much. I really appreciate it. Um, Have a great day. You too. If you enjoyed this podcast today, do us a favor and hit subscribe and then leave us a review. In fact, to celebrate the launch of this podcast, we're doing a giveaway of $100 via Venmo for one lucky reviewer each month for the first three months. All you have to do is leave a review and be sure to drop your Instagram handle in the review so we know how to get in touch. If you're looking for more, you can find us at almondleafstudios.com or on Instagram at almondleaf. Remember, you are enough. You are love. You are light. And you are worthy simply because you exist.